Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Well, I, I wanted to be a little closer to you. Um, you know, we've been doing this for a few weeks now together, you and me. Um, yeah, so uh, I, this is my seventh, this is my seventh sermon. And it's definitely time for a break soon. So I've already um, recruited Marcel for next Sunday, and so he's he's going to speak with us next Sunday and be and be here. Um, and I think that starting a new pastorate in some ways is like dating because we, we like, there's like this hope and excitement at the beginning and we don't know each other all the way yet. Um, but we're getting to know each other and I'm enjoying getting to know you and I'm learning you better. And I'm seeing how the spirit, as Hank um, and Wendy so perfectly described, is going to move among us. And I'm seeing your quirks. With love. I'm seeing uh, the ways that you still need to get to know each other before we can really do this work the ways that we all still need to get to know this neighborhood, the ways that we are remembering who we are and the important parts of our past story and also praying with God and tuning in to the rest of our story, right? That's kind of what we're we're doing together. So it's so important when you decide to come here on Sundays. It's really, really important because you get to be part of all of that. And we get to touch base. We get to check in as one life in Deep Ellum. You know, there are a lot of pockets in this community. There's a lot of, you know, there's Mocha and there's Umbrella Gallery and there's all these different things. But, you know, for me as a new person, it's all one. It's all one thing, right? It's all one umbrella. And we get to shape that together. And it matters that you shape it with with us. It matters that you get invested. I'm I'm not here to hold the umbrella. I'm not the umbrella woman. (laughs) You know, I could rock a suit just as well as the umbrella man for sure. Um, little, little bow tie happening, but this isn't a one woman show. And actually I was, I was, uh, describing, um, kind of my approach to ministry to someone this week. And they said, you know, what, what do you think makes someone successful in ministry? And I said, well, one thing is I'm not the expert. I'm not. And that's a paradigm shift. Most ministers and pastors are trained to be the expert. They sit way above you, literally, way up there on a big fancy chancel. Do you know the word chancel? Now you do. I have experienced the chancel. Oh, yes. And 
May my days rest in peace within the chancel. (laughs) She did her part. (laughs) She did her part in the chancel, and now she's not there. But most, most pastors you see, they think they have to be the experts on everything. They think they have to know all the answers, right? And this is the model. This is how they've been trained. They've been trained to be these perfect examples of moral excellence that can have no vulnerability or complexity or just human emotions and feelings. But you know what? That's a recipe for danger. That's a recipe for burnout and wounding and isolation. And I'm not really into that because I want to be with you for the long haul. And I want what we're up to here to be sustainable. So whether it's the youth ministry or the umbrella gallery or mocha, I refuse to be running around ragged as the one person, right? I don't do ministry like that. I don't believe God has called me in that way. I'm not the expert. And I can't be your expert because I don't know everything about you. So we really have to trust God together, right? How would I be your expert if I don't know you completely? I'm learning. I'm learning your little threads and your stories and your details and your quirks. But it's my job to just simply be a witness and a guide and a servant alongside you. This is the work that we're called to. So, our lied story. You're hearing individuals, my lied story from a, different, from a few different people. And we've been studying the story of God. And you're quite familiar with your own story as it's evolving. So I'm wondering what our lied story is going to be. Do you hear that? Do you get it? It's a place where all those intersect. Where the story of God made flesh in Jesus. The story of deep Elam. Your story. And all of our stories join together in transformation. And that's when it really gets good. That's when things start to flow, when our stories weave together into one. We at Life in Deep Ellum, we exist between heaven and earth. We're in that space between. A lot of times the church has taught that heaven is this grandiose place up here. And then earth is just this, you know, the flesh and it's dirty and it's broken and it's messy and it's sinful. And and those really don't interact. You just have to do what you need to do in earth to get to the ultimate heaven. But Jesus walked, entered, loved lived in between heaven and earth. Do you see that? Do you get that? If, if heaven and earth were always meant to be separate, then Jesus wouldn't have 
become flesh. And the word, the logos, the, the truth, the wisdom, the sacred truth of God wouldn't have put on skin and become flesh to dwell among us. That's what the book of John says. John says that the word of God came and dwelt among us. So whatever story we're writing, you see, that has to be the most important part. The word of God made flesh in Christ. And it's not the rules and the dogma and the shame and the judgment. It's not that. That sound, all that scary stuff about going to hell and living your life on earth in only a way to avoid hell. That sounds like a sad life, first of all. And that's not actually what Jesus talked about or spent his life teaching us. We prayed today, Your king, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. The, wor- the world, this is, this is a message that the world needs. Because it's not my kingdom come. It's not Dallas's kingdom come. It's not British kingdom come. With all due respect and grief and, and respect. It's thy kingdom come. The kingdom of Christ. The reign of God. That's the kingdom we need. And the story that we're creating together, that we're writing together, is what helps God's kingdom come. It doesn't just happen on its own. Well, a lot happens. I mean, God is always at work, sure. But the really magical, divine stuff is when we join in to that work. That's when God gets really excited. A theology that puts all of the onus on God to save the world, it's kind of just predictable and harmful and just not very interesting. God's way more creative than that. You know, we're all about the arts here. God is the greatest artist. And God is is interested and excited and intrigued by partnering with us so that heaven can become real on earth, so that the two can become one. And this isn't a one-day project. It's something that will take time. It will take your time. Because you're an important part of it. You're an important part of heaven coming to earth. But man, those can feel worlds apart sometimes. Heaven and earth can feel different. Even though they dance together, there's a lot going on in earth that doesn't feel like heaven. Okay? 
I was uh, just actually in the neighborhood with Damani on Friday. I got him to, we, we were going to meet and chat. Um, if you don't know Damani, he's a longtime member of our community, and I'm trying to wrestle him back to church. Um, but, you know, it's a wrestle. It is a true wrestle. He knows everyone in Deep Ellum, y'all. Like, if you want to know someone in Deep Ellum, talk to Damani. He is deeply connected to this neighborhood. He was on the pastor search team, and he was telling me, um, he was telling me, he was like, Jenna, I, I knew on that pastor search team that whoever was going to be in here had to be able to function with ease out there. So we had this great conversation about my role and his, and his, um, his insight to that. But what I'm getting at is as we were walking to, we went to Will Call um, and chatted. And as we were walking, um, I, was, I, was, I was walking and I stepped, y'all, I stepped um, on a massive gum thing. And y'all, I'm telling you, like, my shoe came up, the gum came up with it. And it was, it was a true operation to get this sticky mess off my shoe. In between heaven and earth, it gets a little sticky. Okay, it gets sticky. But it really does. It gets sticky because... There's so much pain down here. There's so much heartache. There's so much stress and injustice and things wrong with the world. And so it's easy to start to feel hopeless. But we have an example of how to be human. Did you know that? Because God's done it. And we're not alone. We don't have to do this on our own. We can follow an incarnational God. We can follow the way of Christ. We have a roadmap for this adventure. We have a template to choose. This image of Jesus, I love, uh, first of all, um, because Jesus is black in this image, and I love that. Um, I think that actually speaks more truthfully to how Jesus would look if Jesus was in America today. We often think of Jesus being white, but you see, Jesus was from present-day Palestine. He was a brown man, okay? And so... He became flesh, and he, he didn't look like the images that we've always seen him look at, look like. Because what was the benefit of having a white Jesus? Well, there was a pretty big benefit, but there was a massive cost. And sometimes it's hard to look that cost in the face and really acknowledge it, but there was. There was a cost to a white Jesus. That's not the full story. That's not the full story of God. The true story of God is a God who knows what it's like to be on the margins. 
a God who knows what it's like to be stereotyped, to be oppressed, a God that stands in solidarity with the oppressed. And so notice what comes up for you when you see Jesus portrayed this way. And just with compassion, notice those feelings. There's no good or bad or right or wrong. This quote down there that I couldn't actually put the whole quote on there, but it says, the word of God is infallible, inerrant, and also when he was 18, he grew a beard. God grew a beard, y'all. God has been bearded. But not up above on a throne that's above you, that knows all the answers to your story, that, that is the author of everything and doesn't need you because he has his long gray beard. Why would he need your wisdom if he's on his throne in heaven? Why would he need you? He can just stroke his beard for eternity. But that's not how God is. You're, you're getting it. I'm, I'm hearing you get it. God wanted to step in the space between heaven and earth. And Christ is ready to rise in glory on this creation in this world. Christ is ready to reign with love with unconditional love that every human needs that can shape our community and make a difference in this world. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And they'll know that God is real when we practice God's love. No wonder so many people don't believe in God because they hadn't been seeing enough love. No wonder we got a lot of atheists. Because Christians walking around not showing any love. I wouldn't believe in God either. If my only examples were harmful. But you, your faces, you're not those people. You are living out stories of love. So get loud with your love. And invest here in this community. Where we can discover God's love together. I want to read you... um, this, this message from Ephesians and it's just so good. I wish we had so much time, but I want you to hear this. See Christ in Christ, all things are reconciled. All people are reconciled. All differences are reconciled. It is a powerful, powerful saving, saving force. And Paul describes this. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise. But now in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. By the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. He broke it down. 
He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances and rules and regulations and rigidity and judge that so that he might create in himself one new humanity. Thus making peace. And might reconcile both groups to God in one body. Through the cross. Thus putting to death the hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off. And peace to those who were near. For through him. All have access in one spirit to the Father. So that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of Christ Jesus himself. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Life in Deep Ellum, let's be a holy temple, a different kind of temple, an extraordinary temple, a temple where love flows out of our walls and into the streets. Let's dwelling place for God together so that we can be part of the one new humanity reconciled together in Christ Jesus. Sound good to be part of? Are you ready? Let's do it. Amen.